Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 108. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we have back in studio, Andy, I poop my pants, Kennedy. I am uh, back healthy and uh, ready to go and talking uh, sports. All right. And uh, Tony the Pony Cats. Yes. There he is. And yeah, Andy, you missed uh, last week as we were telling the audience, uh, we believe this was your first miss of uh, all hundred and plus episodes. Sounds about right? Yeah, perfect attendance all throughout school. Not really, but one year I did and I got that award. Okay, so I I said, I thought you had it through like fourth grade or through sixth grade. Yeah, maybe. But I mean the entire elementary career of yours. Um, uh, No. No? I think I missed a day. I was you saying, know. too, that I was in the same boat. I did get an award also for uh, some perfect attendance through, like, I want to say through, like, first grade to, like, fourth or fifth or something. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, I didn't have a choice. Like, parents were going to let me stay home, right? They don't want you yeah. there. What if you're shitting your pants? And what do you mean they don't want uh, you there? It never happened. Well. You, your parents worked from home? Um, what no. would they care? I don't know. Now, you, now that I think about it, I don't know. <laughs> Why would they give a shit? <clears throat> My dad worked from home, and my mom didn't work, so I would get it for me, but if your parents yeah. were both at work... Well, how uh, how old were you guys when you were allowed to uh, stay home alone? Like four years old, probably? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Andy didn't have parents that raised him. It's like wolf. Do you, do you guys remember your first time being home alone? Yeah, I think I was in fourth grade, maybe third, probably fourth. And my mom went to the mall with her friend, and she I was trying to bring me, and I didn't want It's a little different go. for you, too, also, because you have older siblings. Yeah. So I feel like it gets to a certain point where your parents are kind of like, ah, oh, we've done this before. They were but tired from me raising being, three other people. Me being an only child, my first time staying home alone wasn't until I was in, like, sixth grade. Damn. And yeah. it was after getting kicked out of daycare. <laughs> I was a rebel. I remember one time, I think I was going to Brought a scratcher into the daycare. <laughs> so I must have been, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, where, like, everyone was going to be gone. My mom's like, well, you know how to make scrambled eggs. We made sure I knew how to make scrambled eggs. Like, that's what you're going to eat because it's easy enough to do. Was that the test? Like, you can stay home because you can make scrambled eggs? Yeah, so I could feed myself, mm. cook for myself. You so. couldn't just have cereal? Yeah, I don't know. When when were you allowed to pour your own cereal? Now, that's the real question. Remember how you, the milk was what? too heavy and you had to have someone pour what? it for you? You watch Big Daddy too much. Yeah. Andy, I was pouring cereal since the day I was born. Yeah, well, we always had that. that big gallon. Oh, you don't think we did? Yeah. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we go through one of those a day. <laughs> there was a lot of my family. <laughs> Six people in that house, Andy. Crush the yeah. milk. But, okay. This <laughs> is, I don't, this yeah, is a sports well, this, podcast. Yeah, really, uh... I can talk about milk all day long. Well, let's be real. But uh, let's, let's get into the nitty gritty here, huh? We had some good stuff happen. Yeah, we did. We, uh... I think uh, last time we did a podcast, there was uh, 16 teams left, and uh, actually gave out two bets that I liked. One of them won, one of them lost, but it should have won. The one that lost was, at the time, Tennessee was Pick'em, and uh, for any of you guys that saw that game, there was a very controversial call at the end that led to Purdue shooting three free throws down by two with ridiculous two seconds left, and he ended up making two of the three, sending it into overtime, and Purdue ended up winning. So that bet lost, but the other bet that I did say that I liked was Virginia Tech plus 7.5 versus Duke. That line actually went down to 6.5, and and it didn't matter because Virginia Tech ended up losing by only two points. Could have won that game, shot a three at the end, missed, then had a point blank 
alley-oop thing that uh, Andy told me is actually tougher to make than you think. Yeah, it's, it's all about the, the physics of it. You're moving away. Yeah, well, also, my whole thing on that is he was horrified that the buzzer was going to sound. One second. That's not a lot yeah. of time if I mean, you think about it. I mean, that's definitely in the back of the head also. But And then you, you can't include that in the back of the head to make you rush more. But then also, like Andy said, it is one of those things where, and you can even see it when you do look at the replay of it, that he got it and it's like he dropped it, but you can tell that it's like he went way left because... Yeah, his momentum. He, yeah, his momentum led him that way. And I've said the same joke to, a couple times. I'm going to say it again for the podcast. If it was a Harvard school, they make that. Yeah. They do it all in their head the moment that ball's in the air. Yeah. They would have made that to perfection. You're saying they're dumb over there? Virginia Tech, I'm saying they don't, they're not as smart as well, Harvard. Well, Virginia Tech actually is a really good school now that I think about it. I know, it, but yeah. they're not as smart as Harvard. <laughs> it's, it's a tech Look at these basketball guys, school. though, Andy. Not taking anything away from their brightness, but uh, some of those guys aren't having to go to school or don't care about class. Are you telling me athletes can get into college without having the right <laughs> test scores? Oh, come on, Andy. And saying, somehow uh, people would abuse that system? <laughs> Andy, be reasonable. Their, their dumb, rich kid daughters into school? Whoa. Also, but, some well, of these kids happened. are on scholarship. Yeah. No, I'm... It's I know a, what you're saying. All the variables considered, it's a tough but shot. The other thing is, uh, there are some smart people who would uh, totally fuck that and, up. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's think about head. this. Let's think about this for a second logically. All three of us in here play an awful lot of NBA 2K. You think yeah. five times out of ten on that game, that same shot you'd even make? I don't think even five times out of ten. Oh, uh, you probably do a spin move somehow. Well, obviously, it. I don't think you can actually. Well. You can't inbound an alley-oop, I don't think, in the game. But I'm just saying, you know my, my point is, layups are hard on that game. Yeah. You're going to miss a few. Obviously, that's one of the worst ones you can miss. But Yeah. And for, for Duke to get lucky again after yeah. what happened last they Sunday. They ate up all of their lives. UCF. So. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. two seconds on the clock, he would have made it. No. Well, we can't re- redo it. That's the great thing about sports. Exactly. So you don't. You'll never. So we, can debate, we can debate for years. Here's my other thing, though. If there was like four or five seconds on the clock, if we want to get into that. He might have caught it, got to the ground, and then gone up. Might not have even been a alley oop. Great play, though. All said and done. Oh yeah. You couldn't draw up a better one. But uh, so we got four teams left. We have Auburn versus uh, Virginia. We have Michigan State versus Texas Tech. Both should be good games. Auburn obviously had a big loss when they're one of their top players, their forward or center. Oh, Kiki. Yeah, he's like small forward. Three. He got hurt, which really sucks because, like Andy was saying, he was supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Tears his ACL. He's done for a while. Yeah. And so that is obviously going to hurt his draft grade, which is the draft is in June. So I you feel for him on that. But uh, Virginia – and I've been saying for a while, I don't think, I'm not Virginia Auburn, I've been saying for a while, I don't think Kentucky was that good. I thought they were obviously a solid team, but not a championship level team. And so it didn't surprise me that Auburn was able to beat them a little shorthanded because Auburn has been very hot. They had just beaten them, I think, in the SEC championship game. Auburn's looking good, but uh, I think they were also playing a little on a uh, little momentum with the fact that their player got hurt, you know, very emotional. Yeah. And sure enough, and I even said this when it happened, you know, they wheel him out in his wheelchair at the 15-minute mark when the game's like a two, three-point game. So it's like, you know, you did that to get the crowd going, get the players reju- rejuvenated. It was honestly a great a great play to do that. But uh, un- unfortunately, I do think it ends for Auburn this Saturday. And the reason being is because they don't have that big. Virginia prides themselves in defense. They're a very good defensive team. They're the number one three-point shooting defensive team. 
And the way that Auburn's going to have to beat you now is the way they beat Kentucky with those two guards, Harper and Brown, getting hot and taking over. And I think they're going to struggle a little bit against Virginia because of how good, well of defense they play. And ultimately, I think it'll be a pretty good game throughout, but I think Virginia will edge them out and win. And I also think I'm going to stay with the hot team. I also think Texas Tech's going to beat Michigan State. I think, yeah. I think Texas Tech's a good matchup for Michigan State because they got the bigs. And they shot, I mean, I know they don't usually shoot that good, but they shot lights out that first half against Gonzaga. They were shooting good. Uh, so they've proven they can yeah. shoot. They do have a star. And they won that game without Culver playing that well. Yeah, and they have, and like I was just going to say, they do have a star player in Culver. And it's uh, it's a good defensive team. And I, I've watched the Michigan State games this year. I've watched a handful of them. And I think they are going to be a good matchup for Michigan State. And I think what we're going to see in the finals is Texas Tech versus Virginia. And that is going to be, uh, I hope you don't like points if that's the game, yeah. because that will be, uh, the, arguably, I think it's like the two best defenses in the league, which would be ironic because nowadays, especially in basketball, it's always offense, offense, offense. But these would be the two best defenses if they do face each other. And I think if you're just a fan of basketball and you're okay with seeing good defense and not that high scoring of a game, then this it probably will be a very good game. It just won't be the, you know, 85 to 75 five point type game you know this probably will be a game that each team does score under 60 if they do face each other i mean texas tech is different than uh virginia the way they play defense where virginia is kind of like they're slowing you down and yeah texas tech is just they're they're aggressive so it's more i'd say it's a more watchable form of yeah defense then no it'll be a good game i would be excited to see that i mean i would honestly rather see that than virginia michigan state i think that's the matchup for whatever reason i don't really care to see but at the same time that is those are two programs that don't really do the one and done as much they do have like a lot of seniors and stuff and so maybe to that extent it would be good because i mean it just seems like it's about time for virginia to get there and it's about time for i mean has izzo ever won so this, I think, is his ninth Final Four now. Okay. And they won once. They okay. won with, um, like, Morris Peterson and Mateen Cleaves. How long ago was that? It was like 2000 or something. Yeah, I was not watching long basketball. A long time ago. Too much. I remember Mateen Cleaves very well. Oh, really? Not a guy who did any of the NBA, but... <clears throat> yeah, so, like, they are they seem to overachieve a lot, and then when they do get a high seed, they don't really make it. But this year, I mean, well, they're probably the fifth or sixth best team, and they they got in there. They, they, beat, they beat Duke, who was clearly... Um, had weaknesses that they weren't and Zion I was, wasn't able to I overcome I was just talking about that that I was saying I actually liked uh, Michigan State to win that game because of the matchup because Michigan State does have bigs and I thought like that's how you're going to have to beat Duke is having bigs that can compete with their bigs because they can't shoot so you have to beat them you have to be able to have bigs down there that can stop Zion from driving in and stop Barrett and the other guys from being able to drive in and force them to take jump shots and Michigan State did a good job. That was a game that had a bunch of runs for each team, and when it was yep. all said and done, Michigan State's the one that came out on top. Duke which... needed one one more se- like senior level player, not necessarily senior, a, a veteran. Yeah, I agree. If they would have had a guy they had that a had Gerald Henderson type or something, yeah. If someone... they did have a guy that was like a junior, yeah. that had you know been there before and stuff, and was also like a good player on that team, then I agree they would have. Or even if like somehow a red shirt, yeah. someone came for his like fifth year there or something, then yeah. I, I think Duke would have been a very unstoppable team, but you're right. They were missing a certain piece. And that's the problem with these one-and-done teams. They don't win championships. They're exciting during the season, but it's yeah, tough so, for them Sometimes to win. they do. I mean, that one year they did have um, when they won. They had, 
Okafor. Winslow, Okafor, and uh, Jones all yeah. as freshmen. But I I think they still had like a Plumley even. Like, yeah, they, they definitely had somebody that had been there for a little bit. Yeah. That was also like, wasn't Grayson Allen a freshman too? Yeah, I think he was a freshman. So. But that was when they beat Wisconsin. But no, I, I think they did have, if you look back at that roster, they definitely had to have had something. Yeah. Well, they usually have like some white guy that you hate on the team. Oh, yeah. And this year they just didn't have it. I mean, that yeah, O'Connell kid was too. True. I saw that O'Connell started the game and got pulled after three minutes and never came back. It's like, he, he's like 110 pounds. I don't think he belongs out there. But maybe yeah, like he next was... year he'll put on some muscle and he be, he'll be that guy. Yeah. Like a junior. You just have to wait for it. Yeah. But I I think CBS is kind of disappointed with Duke's loss. But oh, yeah. I think it was a long time coming. We did a poll on uh, Twitter a while ago. Saying you know who's gonna who's gonna go the distance and not a single person voted for Duke. Yeah. So they did that. Duke team did have a Plumley on it. They also had Quinn Cook, who I think had been around for a couple of years. I mean, he me? must have. Yeah. He was not an early entry guy. Yeah. So they had. Uh, but they were they were a short bench. That was the game where it was because of trade. Well, uh, was Tyson Jones? Right? Tyus. Yeah. Tyus Jones. Trey is the one this year. Yeah. He had twenty three points that game. Yeah. He was their leading guy and then Grayson Allen it was because he came off the bench I remember he tore it up and they were uh I think Wisconsin was the better team that was two number one seeds but I just felt like Wisconsin was well, the better team because Wisconsin had Comiskey they had Decker a couple other Oka for that year was just I thought he was going to be good in the NBA just because of how much stronger he looked than like everyone but it just did, didn't matter and the NBA completely changed Okafor would have had a better career if he came out in like 92 or <laughs> 2002 even no i agree he was too slow or i mean he's still playing but kind of a bust for what he's the second pick or third pick that year yeah, yeah i think he was the second pick i think he went just before the lakers pick right or did no the lakers had second pick and they yeah. picked russell so he's third yeah yeah that was that year to the um, sixers because that was the year that carl anthony towns too right yeah he was the consensus guy so yeah um but um so three of the number one seeds went down. The only one that made it was Virginia. Virginia. So the three ACC number one seeds, one of them got in. Uh, Virginia kind of had a nice little run, like lucky run. Yeah, Virginia did get lucky. They, uh, I mean, it is crazy. It's just that you know they were down by two, they uh, get fouled, or down by three, they get fouled, make the first free throw, and then to not only miss the second but to execute it, where the guy, I'll tell you what, when we were watching it live. Was gonna roll when away. he tipped like, it back, yeah. he tipped it all the way beyond half court. I thought, oh my God, we're going to see a half court heave. And if you actually look at that replay, Kyle Guy, who is one of their little white good shooters, is calling for it on the le- on the bottom of your screen. If he would have thrown it to him, you know, produced probably in the final four because he would have thrown it up from yeah. 35 feet. If he would have made it, that would have been insane. But I mean, he yeah. probably wouldn't have. Instead... He sees the guy over there who had the wherewithal to know the clock and knew it was down and just got it and threw it up in the air. And it's almost like a volleyball. Just, nailed it. Yeah. It was it was so well executed. Yeah. But they, they were really fortunate that, you know, not only did they avoid the two seed in the bracket, but, like, I mean, we thought Purdue was one of the weaker threes. Yeah. Um, although they did impress. But I think they have had a Edwards. little bit of a, yeah. a lucky Holy run, hell, Edwards. I think, yeah, that Edwards guy is good. But Fuego. I, th- I think they did have a lucky run because I, they also faced Oregon in the Sweet 16. Yeah, instead of having seed, to face yeah. like a better seed who was a 12. And then also, even though they got to the Elite Eight, I still thought Purdue was a weaker three seed. Yeah. You know, they or is, you know for that. And then obviously Tennessee, even though they 
probably should have won that Elite Eight. I mean, that uh, Sweet Sixteen game. They just didn't look good all tournament. They barely. They had trouble with Colgate for thirty of the forty minutes, thirty-five of the forty minutes. They had trouble with. Uh, well, they let Iowa come back, and yeah. then they were down by sixteen early. I mean, I could sit here and say like, "Oh, that game came down to the last shot. Tennessee got robbed." But at the same time, Tennessee let themselves be down by like twenty at one point in that game. So I mean. Tennessee just never looked like the Tennessee team all tournament that I thought they were going to be. And it's just about how you play. I mean, look, two of the teams that are left, I mean, Michigan State won their conference championship like tournament, and so did Auburn. And, you know, it's just the teams that get hot and keep it going, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be two good games on Saturday, but uh, my prediction is I would say I think it's going to be Texas Tech versus Virginia. I just have a vision that that's going to be our game. But, I mean, I would – as a fan, though, I am kind of pulling for Auburn. I think that would be cool for them. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking as a, as a basketball fan, it's a nice story. Yeah. I mean, I think Bruce Pearl is kind of – it's like he's really fun to watch, and he is a good coach, but there's – you know, he got in trouble. He was suspended from the NCAA for three full years. Okay, I think He's I do kinda, remember that. Didn't he go? Did he do like ESPN stuff at all? He did, yeah. I think I remember that, yeah. Because I remember like, looking at him being like, "Isn't that a coach?" But yeah, I'd read the the whole story. Like it was a it was a bunch of different things, but like the big one that got him in trouble was that he he hosted Aaron Kraft and his family. Remember Aaron Kraft from Ohio State? Oh yeah. Like on a non official recruiting trip, and like you know had his family come to his house, and he made them dinner and stuff like that. And it's like you're not supposed to do that. But it's like you see these coaches have done way worse uh, but it's still like i think bruce pearl is kind of a little slimy speaking of that really quick i actually saw a funny thing today that a buddy of mine sent me that was an april fool's joke that sean mcveigh played on a uh, kingsbury yeah Kingsbury or whatever on a uh, so apparently Kingsbury and mcveigh are very close friends and they went to dinner the other night and mahomes was with them because uh you know Kingsbury obviously coached mahomes so they were together and Kingsbury, or I mean, uh, McVeigh changed the uh, one of his buddies' names in his phone to Roger Goodell, and had that buddy text him saying, "I know you're at dinner right now with Kingsbury and Mahomes. That's considered tampering. <laughs> you and Kingsbury are both going to lose your first round picks or whatever." And he showed it to him, and he said he started like freaking out because they obviously Arizona has the number one pick, and then he ended up telling him like, "Dude, I'm like I'm messing with you, whatever." Oh blah God, blah blah. It was funny because Klingsbury even had a quote that said, I literally thought I was going to lose our number one pick. And it was uh, it was just funny. But, uh, you know, it is April Fool's today, so it's just a little funny yeah. April Fool's thing that uh, pulled on each other. Speaking of, like, you know, just the whole kind of things you can and can't do. But, uh, yeah. I mean, so. it, it's if, if Auburn does win, those stories will come out and it'll just be a reminder again of, like, oh, yeah, NCAA is garbage. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to think about that, but they're oh, the all NCAA bad. doesn't want you to think about that either. Yeah. They do a very good job trying to protect everything that comes out. Yeah, it's like, hey, look, Virginia doesn't do anything bad, right? Because they're they just have nice people at their school. But, but that's who I, I ended up picking Virginia in my bracket. So it's like, oh, it'd be nice, you know, if I pick the right team. But I don't care. Yeah, I'm not gonna win the Yahoo challenge. I was thinking maybe because I had. Um, I had Virginia Tech going to the Final Four, and there was a there's a moment when it looked like, and I, I had Auburn, so I had Auburn and Virginia both in the Final Four. So Virginia Tech also made it. Like maybe I could have won the million dollars, <laughs> but no, that would have been uh that would have definitely been something. Yeah. But uh, 
like we were saying, that's called March Madness, and we're now in April. Yeah. So April another, Madness. Another sport begins when you get to April, isn't that right, Andy? Yeah, well, this year it was March. But... It was, but my whole point is when you think of it, baseball, you usually think of beginning of April. Like, yeah. you know when you hear April, it's like, oh, baseball season has begun, and it has. First weekend already happened, and uh, I just really quickly want to ask you what, uh, just in that short first weekend, I think most teams have played three or four games. What is has any team or players surprised you so far, or have any been disappointing? Um, I think that um, Brewers Cardinals series was really something. Yeah, um, a lot of just a lot of really good players that like the Cardinals went out and got Goldschmidt, and he had a huge three homer day. They gave him an extension, and then um, Yelich returning yep. MVP, home run in first four games. I don't yeah. think he hit one tonight, but. So I think that that division's going to be fun. I think Milwaukee's not Milwaukee's not going to win 92 games again and the Cardinals will be a bit better. The Cardinals actually were competing most of the season and kind of tailed off, but I think that'll be a a fun rivalry to watch throughout the season. Yeah, and you have to add the Cubs in there. Yeah, they're still there. I mean, even though they had some projections that said they were going to win like 81 games and Yeah, they still have a good yeah. lineup. I'm I've been a little weary of their pitching over the last couple yeah. years, but uh they uh, they still uh, look good, but yeah, Christian Yelich did not hit a home run tonight. He went wow. one for five, but uh, the Brewers did win. They beat the Reds, who uh, they probably will be able to take care of pretty handily these next couple days. Yeah. But uh, and then uh, Hater too, another one of their stars. Oh, Hater guy is unreal. Still, even my uncle, he said something to me the other day. He's like, you know who I think the best pitcher in baseball is? I'm like, what? And my uncle does not know anything about. It. He's like that guy on uh, Milwaukee with the long <laughs> hair, and I'm like, oh, Hater. I was like. I was like, he's not a starter. It's weird to hear somebody say that they think the best pitcher in baseball is a guy that comes out of the bullpen. But if you do want to count all the pitchers, I mean, he is definitely a weapon. Yeah. But I remember uh, I was actually listening to something the other day that talked about, so this is something to know for you gamblers out there, is that uh, apparently last year only five times Hater pitched back-to-back days. Yeah. And I guess they said like three of those five were in August when they're obviously making a push. So uh, that is just something to think about is that's why like when you do do your gambling, you want to do your research on everything because that is something to look at like if you notice hey i do like maybe milwaukee tonight or i like their over like if they're playing a team like in cincinnati actually where runs can happen and you're like oh i kind of like the over but then you might want to look and be like well did hater pitch last night if you see that hater did pitch last night especially if it was like more than an inning like an inning in the third or something or about an inning then you might be like okay he might be resting tonight especially this early in the year because especially this early in the year managers are very weary with their uh, pitchers and their pitch counts and stuff because uh, what's this? Uh, there was a pitcher tonight on the Orioles. Uh, David Hess had a no-hitter through six and a third. Yeah. 6-0 Baltimore. Manager comes in, takes him out because of pitch count or whatever. He had thrown 80-some pitches, and he had just pitched a couple days before against the Yankees. He just did one of those, like, spot starts yeah. where he pitched only two innings, then it became bullpen. And he takes him out, and what ha- I mean, Orioles still won, but it was 6-5. Yeah, and Orioles and the Blue Jays had a runner on third with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, down six five. A guy had just hit a two out triple to make it six five, and uh, they end up getting him out. But it just goes to show that it's like sometimes it can backfire. But with that said, the shitty Orioles three and one to start of the year. I'm that impresses yeah, me. I do not think that team is good at all. But hey, they're three and one. I mean, obviously they're, they're still, still going to end win. up only winning sixty games yeah. probably this year. But it's a good point because this is the other big thing with baseball with gambling. The Orioles, in their three games they've won this year, one of them, they were like plus 
like plus three twenty underdogs, which means you bet a hundred bucks to win three hundred. Insane in baseball. The next game they won, they were like plus two eighty, and I think the only reason they went even that low is because people were like, "Hey, they won yesterday, why not again?" And they did. And then even today against a shitty Blue Jays team, they were plus one seventy five. So believe it or not, the team that has made betters the most money through the first four games this year is the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And like what like we were saying, even the worst teams win sixty percent of their games usually. If they go 60 and 102 or whatever, that's still 60 wins. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing is that's why there is those values and that you got to look at those spots and stuff. Because if you do see a time where you're like, hey, Baltimore's in Boston and they're plus 320, why not? You know what I mean? Like, why not? All they have to do is win, especially in, like you said, especially in baseball. Basketball, it's a little more so, you know, it's more controlled and stuff. But baseball, who's to say a guy like David Hess? No one would have thought he was going to go six and a third no-hit innings tonight, but he did. That's what kept his team in the game because clearly we saw what the bullpen did. Yeah, and, and the best players in baseball go 0 for 5 all the time. So oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Bryce Harper was getting booed his first wow. game, and then now has hit two home runs since. So I mean, I wouldn't put him up there with uh, the best in baseball anymore. Yeah, yeah. I've always I don't, thought I don't he's, think he's a even a top 10 guy right now. Overhyped. That Brewer series stuck out to me. Of course, I have to talk about my Dodgers and their. Yeah, Andy actually uh, gave me some good advice. We were Saturday night. We were at a local brewery. I uh, had done a couple of dumb bets. So I was down. I looked at Andy. I'm like, Andy, Dodgers, you know, because the thing about like Andy's more passionate about his favorite teams than a lot of people. He does love his favorite teams. And because of that, he knows a lot about his favorite teams. And I've even seen this stuff before when there have been professional gamblers that have told people, hey, if you want to get serious, like you should honestly pick just like a, a division or a like a conference versus college. And you focus only on that conference. And they even said you got to start finding forums for, like, those teams. And you can actually see what people are writing because those people are the ones that are, like, know their team the best. And that's with you. You told me. You're like, Dodgers this year are going to beat up right-handed pitching. They're just meant to beat up right-handed pitching. And that game, it was a right-handed pitcher for the Diamondbacks throwing against uh, – I forget who he was even throwing for the Dodgers. I think it was – Meta. Meta. And the over-under was only seven and a half. And I looked at Andy, and Andy was like, I like that. And I'm like, okay, well, if you like it, I like it. Sure enough, the final score ended up being 18 to three, I think, or 18 to five. I think it was more than that. I think it was 18 18 to five. So bottom line is the over-under was seven and a half, and there was 23 runs. And because it is this early in the season, sometimes, you know, the lines aren't as good. But even they've always said, like, over-unders, and I imagine more so in baseball than anything, because in hockey, you can always just – you kind of just put six and just see what happens. Baseball – it's like every game is different because it's based on where you're playing. It's based on who's in the lineups. It's based on who the starting pitchers are. So baseball is a lot more difficult, I think, to set an over-under line. Yeah. And, for example, like today, actually, I had a bet this morning that hit for me where I took the over in the Cardinals and uh, Pirates game because it was only 7.5 and, and it was Wainwright versus Archer, and I don't think Wainwright's good at all. And Archer is pretty good, but he also kind of struggled last year. And I'm like, plus that Cardinal lineup so good. It actually went down to seven. So obviously a lot of people were thinking like, oh, no, Wainwright. I mean, like I could understand why it did. You know, Cardinals played yesterday, had a travel. It was an early game day. Like it could be tough. Archer's a good pitcher. But the Pirates lineup came out, scored four runs in the first like couple innings versus Wainwright. And then they kind of froze for a while. And then what happened was because Archer isn't the same command he used to have, he had like four walks. Archer only pitched five innings. Yeah. What happens in the sixth inning or the sixth or seventh inning? I think the sixth inning they did good, but then the seventh inning when they got a little bit more into the bullpen, Cardinals end up scoring three runs and then ended up tying the game. And then the game ended up going extra innings. And then the Cardinals actually ended up coming back and winning that game. 
this morning, six to five. So just saying that sometimes those games, it's like it's all about getting a good uh, number because for a while I thought the final score was going to be four to three because it was four to three in the bottom, like the top of the eighth with two outs. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm going to wish I got that. It got it a little later so I could have at least tied, but no, sure enough, ended up getting lucky. But baseball more so than anything. Like they were talking about the Cubs game tonight. The Cubs may had six errors tonight, which was responsible for at least five or six of the Braves' eight runs. And I mean, it's like those are just things you can't account for. You know, you can't account for it's errors early, like early season sloppiness right now. Exactly, and then also the fact that you know when teams do play a few games in a row, you know if they did have to travel, you know the Cubs went from uh, Texas to uh, Atlanta, so it's like they had a little bit of a travel. You know, and sometimes you are just a little weary. You don't get enough sleep, and it's little things like that that do. They happen. You know, these guys are human. But so, uh, want to do some predictions here? Yeah, you want to go through the d- divisions? Let's go through the divisions. Yeah. We'll give who we think is going to win each division, and then we can go to who we think will be the wild card teams. And then ultimately, I guess who we think is going to win it this year. Yeah. So, do you want to start? I mean, the AL East, I think you got to go with the Orioles because they have such a <laughs> commanding lead in the division. Yeah. Um, no, it's t- it's still the Yankees. I- I'm down on the Red Sox. The Red Sox I'm won. They won, even though they won the World Series. I'm with you they were They overachieved with the 108 wins they had last year. That team, I don't know what it is about it. I can't put my thumb on it. They don't impress me. I know they They're won the World deep. Series. But th- I look at that lineup still, and I'm like, yeah. it just doesn't impress me. They got a lot last year out of, like, um, Brock Holt and Ben Attendee. Yeah, Ben Attendee. And obviously Mookie Nunez. Betts. So it's like they have two great, great players. Yeah. Great, great seasons last Betts year. and Martinez. And it's just it's baseball. It's unlikely for them to be as good next year. Yeah, it's hard Even if to they're be. still great players. So then, yeah, just the rest of that lineup is just not, you know, they still have Mitch Moreland or Steve Pierce. It's like, it's not a killer lineup to me at all. It really They really rely on those Two at the top being great. And then, yeah, the, the starting rotation has Chris Sale, who he gets hurt all the good. time. He didn't look good at his first start. Um, Craig Kimbrell is not signed. He's probably – I don't know what's going to happen with him, if the Red Sox are going to end up picking him up or not. So I'm a little down on them. There's, they'll still be there. Yeah. But the Yankees are too good. The Yankees have too much. Um, just, just look at that. With uh, Luke Voigt seemingly being like that guy's like a thirty homer guy for a full season to go with Judge and Stanton and Aaron Hicks and the young guys Andujar, it's like they're just stacked. I know. I, I like the Yankees to win that division, and honestly, I don't know for how long, but I think the Rays yeah, will make it exciting. I do like that Rays team a lot. People. And a lot of people have never heard of like half the guys in their lineup, but it's a good little lineup. And they won; they beat the shit out of Colorado today. That puts them at three and one to start the year because I think they won. They took two out of three against Houston, I think, or did they split? I don't know. I don't either. I think they. I know for they probably have the best starting rotation in the division too. Yeah, that's another thing. So yeah, let's see the the Rays won today, and that puts their record to four and one. So yeah, they took three out of four. Against Houston, which is impressive. And then they go and they beat up Colorado today. So it is a uh, a good little team they got there. So uh, they're going to be interesting. Like, that's going to be a team where when we come into August and they're still within fighting range of the division and, uh, like, up there in the wild card, no one should be surprised. That's a real deal team. And 
what I always like about baseball more than the other sports, and I know I've said this a couple times, is it's the one sport where really at the trade deadline, teams make moves to get what they really need. So that's why it is a team like the Rays, where you never know at the trade deadline, maybe they do get an actual like ace, because if they're like, hey, we're going to make a playoff run, we need... Actually, I guess they. I'm an idiot. They yeah, do have Blake Snell, Cy Young winner. So. Yeah. So, if, but add add another ace, yeah. and I'll say, or add another solid bat in the middle of that lineup, and that's the stuff that makes things so exciting. And so that's why, especially in baseball, I've always been like, hey, you just got to make it to really like July, being in this run, and then you go and you make a couple moves because every team that's in contention, they'll make some sort of move, whether it's bullpen, whether it's hitting, or whether it's yeah. starting pitching, they usually always do. So that'll. Uh, That'll be exciting for them because that that team is good and they will be in that division. The Orioles and Blue Jays, I would say by mid June, will both be about fifteen games out of first. Yeah, and then it it will be a three man race for a while. Believe it or not, the Rays the Rays aren't going anywhere. So uh, that'll be a that'll be a good one. And then uh, the Central AL Central, I I'll start off here. I I like I'm gonna shock people. I like the Twins. I think the Twins might win that division. The Tigers aren't good. The Royals aren't good. The, the White Sox aren't good. And then the Indians, I just I know they have that great starting pitching, but that lineup just doesn't impress me. But I know Clevenger looked good today. Bauer looked good the other day. Kluber looked good. So, I mean, they have that three-headed monster. But I don't know. That lineup, for whatever reason, doesn't do it for me. Cleveland probably will win the division, but I would go bold and say the Twins. Yeah, I think I think both the Twins and Indians will win more games than they should because of how bad that division is. Yeah. Um, the Royals are probably going to be one of those annoying teams that are just going to win more than you think when they're they're bad, but they're they're really bad. The Royals are really bad. The White Sox are building for the future but are still bad this year. And then I don't know what Tigers, I don't know what's going on with them again. I think Tigers are just in like no man's land. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera is still like the third highest paid player. I'm hoping like somehow like, like Castellanos leaves at the deadline to somewhere. Yeah. Like, well, he's always been like for the last three years, it seems like he's been a trade Target, yeah, he, but... he's really good. He needs to go somewhere where he can be productive in the playoffs. That would be exciting for him. Yeah. Well, uh, AL West, I mean, I'm going to stick with the – actually, <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with the Astros. I, even though I was almost going to say the Mariners because they've been off to such a hot start, but I think as it's a long season. I think Mariners will definitely be up there in the wild card, but I would say uh, I think Astros still win that division. Yeah, I, I don't see – I don't and see I, any of those teams. I think I think I think what's going to screw gonna be worse. what's going to screw the Mariners is so I think obviously I I think it's going to be Yankees, Twins, Astros, but for that wild card team, I think what's going to screw the Mariners is the Indians will probably still be there and then you're going to have the Red Sox and Rays and Mariners. I think that's going to be the four-man fight for those two wild card spots and then obviously or Indians Twins maybe switch or maybe I'm completely wrong and the Twins aren't even going to be anywhere in there. But I I mean I like that Twins team. I think it's a good team. They took two out of three, I think, this weekend against the Indians. Or, yeah, two out of three, I think. But uh, yeah, it'll be a good, uh, good fight. And obviously, uh, National League West. I think we both have the Dodgers. Yeah, I think they're gonna end up winning this division pretty easily. Although the the Rockies seem to be like, I don't know. There's there's teams I, in baseball that do better than they should. I'll be for excited a to see years. when the Rockies uh play in, in Colorado because I also I think I saw from the lineup today did Daniel Murphy something already happened to him because I didn't oh, even I don't know I didn't see him in the lineup he today. might not be an everyday guy at this point yeah that's true that was like the Yankees too you look at that great lineup and on opening day and you didn't even have a LeMahieu in it and then LeMahieu started the other three games he's starting off the season batting like 500 yeah the guy's an animal but uh I like the Dodgers to win that division too I mean I'm 
think the Padres, I'm hoping my Padres can at least compete for a while, but more so for them, it's going to have to be for a wild card. And then uh, Central, I like the Brewers again. I think that lineup's just so stacked. And I think it's because of the fact that they do have a pretty good bullpen and then I think they're, what, decent starting pitching. But I don't know. I just like them. I think it's between them and the Cardinals, and I like them just a little bit more than the Cardinals, I think. I think it'll be the Cardinals because the Cardinals haven't been in it for a while, and it seems like they always make a comeback. Yeah, I know you're right. They'll always find some pitcher. I mean, they already did it last year with the Mikolas, but they'll find they'll get something out of someone who really shouldn't be that good so they're they're one of those magic franchises it seems like and then yeah the, the brewers they, they don't they don't have the, the starting pitching they didn't have it last year some but somehow they were good so maybe i'm wrong but i mean this year they don't have Gio gonzalez and yeah i don't, I don't know know how good they're gonna not maybe sold yeah. But if they are still really good, I won't be surprised. Well, regardless, either. whoever, I think that's going to be one of those things that where whichever one of those guys doesn't win the division, the other one's going to be right there for like ahead of the wild card. And now the NL East is exciting. Like I, the yeah. NL East, I think, actually has like some. Uh, it's a four way race. I, I, it can be if the Mets stay tough because I think for sure you're going to have the Braves and Phillies, I think, are the two best. I think they're going to be the ones competing. And then the Nationals, some people still like, but. Nationals have a ton of star power. Yeah. The Strasburg and um, Scherzer and um, yeah, Corbin. So, yeah. Is, is, that's a yeah, great that is, start. A, that is a good three-man rotation. You're right. And then you do have the offense. So you do Rondone have Soto. And Trey, Trey Turner. Trey yeah, Turner. Soto. You got Rondon still. You got Soto. Uh, Zimmerman still there for what it's worth. I like Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier at the bottom of that lineup yeah. adds something to the bottom of the lineup. So we'll see. But uh, I, I would have to say if I have to pick a division winner for whatever reason, I don't know why. I still like that lineup a lot. I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to say the Braves. I just I yeah. like that lineup a lot. I mean, if Donaldson can come back to Donaldson form, and then you've got Freddie Freeman, you've got uh, Acuna and Albies. If Marquecas has... Monson should take a step, I think, this year. Yeah, and if Marquecas has kind of the season he had last year... And I think you got Brian McCann back there. You know, yeah. he's happy to be back in the Braves. You know, he doesn't have Greg Maddox throwing to him. I don't know if he ever did, but that was more Javi Lopez. But if the that rotation, I mean, Fultowitz or whatever you want to say. Yeah, he w- they thought he might be out, out longer, but he's due back in two weeks. And then who even was their opening day starter? Was it Tieran? Oh, wow. I think it was Tieran. Yeah. Tehran. He just seems like the guy they go to. And then they had Newcomb pitch tonight, who looked good. I know the Cubs didn't like have any runs, so he and obviously they, did they have a right. Gaussman too. And then that bullpen is like I said. I think I brought this up a couple podcasts ago. The Braves are one of those teams where it seems like no matter what, their bullpens are always decent, which just goes to show you that it's obviously a good pitching, co- a good coaching team for pitching. That's just how they are. But uh, I don't know. I, I just think the Phillies are going to be a little overhyped. I mean, I know I, I like Aaron Nola. I like I do like that lineup a lot too, but. I think the Braves, even though the Braves did just get swept by the Phillies, but it's early. I do think the, I'll be. I just think the Braves will. Uh, I just like that Braves lineup from top to bottom. So, yeah, I'm gonna take a flyer on the Mets. Okay, I like that. I, I think I think they're they're a screwed up enough team that they ha- they'll have a good year to get people excited again, and then something weird will happen. But like, just ride Degrom and Syndergaard, and they have. They got bullpen pieces. They've got Cano, who yeah, he hit a, hey, home he hit a run. home run his first at bat. 
So um, you gotta give it to them on that. Yeah, they're. It, it would seem very Mets-like to win 93 games or something for them, and be like they're back, and then they'll win 72 in 2020. But yeah, I mean that Mets team. It's always been like you're just waiting. Like when is it going to be the season? Because it's just such a waste. Because you have Syndergaard, you have Degrom, and it's like don't you just want to see them in the playoffs with like a team that can compete with those guys pitching. I mean, like, look at DeGrom. He outdid Serzer on opening day. You know, it's just such a good lineup, but uh, I mean, rotation. But that lineup, it's got potential. And, I mean, you got Cano in there if he can do what he can do. Conforto's still in there. I mean, Cespedes is still injured, right? So, I mean. I don't think he's ever going to come back, I think. Never? I think he's too. it was, like, too much. I don't know what it was. but something. Yeah, well, that's a bummer then for yeah. him. But Well, it's a bummer for the Mets because, like, they owe him a ton of money. Yeah, that too. So. But. Well, I don't know. That lineup just, I mean, they, they just, I don't know, that lineup for, but I know they've got the some young guys. lineup is not good, but it's. Yeah, uh, they've got some young guys that I've, I know I don't really know that well. Like, I know they got, like, McNeil and stuff and Nemo or whatever. Yeah. So, a couple, so I think, like, the guys that are really big on the baseball, like, that study the minor leagues might like that team a little more than me. But, you know, I'm one of those guys that I know lineups, but it's like, I don't know the new guys as well. So, it's like, until you prove who Well, you learn them quick. You didn't know who Ozzy Albies was. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Acuna, that's why I said, you know, you proved yeah. to me quickly. But obviously there are some guys that the moment these guys come up, people are excited about them. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then all yeah. of a sudden after maybe a month or two, I'm like, oh, shit, that guy is good. And we always get those guys that come up. I mean, we've still yet to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And yeah. I know he got we, hurt. We know more about the guys now than we did 10 years ago. Yeah. Like Tatis Jr. Who, uh, there's, there's a story about how the um, – it was um, Machado and I want to say Will Myers or maybe it was Hosmer. They told the manager like, "Hey, this guy's a pro already. We want him on the team. I know you guys want to. They always want to send guys down for a month before." And they told him like, "No, he needs to be up here." So, good and for it's, them. it's good for the Padres because more so than them competing, they need. Yeah, because the Padres tickets. are one of those teams that they can't afford to start the season off like eight games under five hundred. Yeah. Be like, oh, we'll make it up in the summer. It's like, no, you guys. If you guys are gonna have any chance to win that division, you need to start off the way they started off a few years ago and just hope you don't fade. Yeah, but I mean, if Blue Jays had Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Vlad Guerrero Sr. circa 2002, they're still not making the playoffs because they're yeah they're in a rough spot. Well, we got to like, you know, who we think is going to win the division. Let's just get to the meat and potatoes. Who's winning it this year? Like, let's go bold right now and say, who do we think is going to win the World Series? Who are going to be the AL and NL MVPs and the AL and NL Cy Youngs? Let's give our hot Tony's take right now yeah who's All winning right. the world series of course i'm gonna say the dodgers but okay. i do i do think they're the they're the best team for the playoffs so third time's a charm you think yeah not like a buffalo bills thing going on here i mean i i don't know if i could take it anymore but um the red sox were just they were they were destined to win i didn't think the red sox were the best team last year i thought houston was better than the red sox but it's just like sometimes you get in that winning cycle and you can't be stopped so I, I, Dodgers the most talented. Walker Buehler in his second year, even though he had a very rough first start. Um, you could have him and maybe Kershaw's better. You still got Ryu. You still got Maida, and a healthy Seager is not going to be as bad as Machado, or as disappointing as Machado was last year. I think they're, I think they're built to be better this year. All right. And if there's not a Red Sox team to fuck with them, I uh. I'm going to just stick with what I've been telling people, and I'm going to say I, I think the Yankees. I actually think that line, that rotation is not horrible. I think Tanaka has looked pretty good lately. And then you've got James Paxton, who I like a lot. 
And uh, I know they had like that Jermaine, German guy or whatever start today. Well, because Severino's not. Yeah, I was going to get there too. Yeah. And they have Severino, who is their best, supposed to be their best pitcher. So I actually think that that lineup of Severino, Paxton, and then is going to be better than, I mean, is going to be good. And then I think Tanaka, from what I've seen recently, Tanaka seems like he's doing pretty good. I mean, we have no reason to like count Tanaka out yet. I mean, he's proving that he's still a pretty solid pitcher. So I think that rotation is actually better than people think. And then they obviously have a great back end of the bullpen with. Batances, Chapman, Britton added a couple other guys in there. So I think the pitching's not horrible. And then that lineup, it's just going to be scary for pitchers because even if there's those games where that lineup doesn't score what you expect it to score, every batter that comes up, it's going to make a pitcher have to work in the count, which means you could get to teams opposing bullpens quicker. And in a series, you know, that can become tough on a bullpen. Because, I mean, I, you look at that lineup. I mean, it, lately it's been like Brett Gardner. Then you have Aaron Judge, Stanton, Luke Voigt. You have Andahar, Torres, you have uh, LeMahieu, Greg Bird, Sanchez. I mean, Tulowitzki, I mean, if he can ever even hit yeah. nearly half as what he used to do. I mean, it's, it's just such a good lineup, and it's from top to bottom. I mean, this is a lineup that had DJ LeMahieu a couple days ago batting ninth. That was once a 320 hitter for the Rockies. Like yeah, one year. for the Rockies. I mean, it's Although- like... And that, that guy is batting ninth in this lineup. So, I mean, it's just – it's it's a scary lineup, I think, and it's just going to give pitchers trouble. And I just think, especially when the summertime comes around and you get those warmer days, like, you know, when the, it's still 80 degrees and at like 7 o'clock their time, those balls are going to fly out of the stadium. I mean, I expect a lot of these Yankee games to have some high-scoring games this summer. So, you know, I, I'm going to stick with that. I think the Yankees. Who are, uh, who are your MVPs? How many Dodgers? You, can, you can't yeah, say any Dodgers no, in the AL, Andy, so it's going to be tough for you. I think, so even though I'm not having them winning the division, I think this is uh, the year Freddie wins an MVP. Ooh, I like that. And I think I think it's not necessarily because he's the most valuable player in the NL, but I think it's going to be like, I don't want to say already, he's not, he's, he's not old, but it's like a career achievement. He's been such a good hitter for so long. And he's clearly the leader of this good young team, and yeah. he'll be able to drive a lot of runs in. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good story. So it's gonna be one of. Those I things. think it, that'll all be also based on if Atlanta wins that division, it'll be because Freddie Freeman has like thirty home runs, drives in one hundred and ten bats, like three thirty. Yeah. And so if Atlanta wins that division, then I completely agree. But yeah, no, I think I like I think that he'll pick get a leadership lot. points. He definitely yeah. looked good last year. I'll. Uh, let me think here. Who do I uh I'm trying to think? I think I'm gonna God, it's just I uh, I don't uh, Yelich is in the back of my mind, but I don't think he'll win it again. I think it's tough to win back to back MVPs in baseball. Yeah, unless you're actually a really, really good. Yeah, and I think last year there was some debate with him and uh who was who else was he debated with last year? It was between him and someone else that they like weren't even sure it would be him last year. I think he pulled away from trying to remember who was There was there. someone else a while because he had that hot like yeah. September or something or August that helped him out. But there was someone last year. But, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to, you know, Yelich was a first year MVP at a new place. I'm going to go with that same trend. I'm going to say, I think Goldschmidt. I like where Goldschmidt, I, because I think, I do agree with what you're saying. I think the Cardinals will have a solid year. And I think, I just think there's, he's bats in a perfect spot in that lineup. He's got Carpenter ahead of him who had the monster year last year. And then behind him, he's got, he's been batting second. So behind him, he's got like De Young, he's got Ozuna. 
you know, and then they have so much depth that like Jose Martinez didn't even start today. And then he comes in and hits a game tying double in the ninth. So, I mean, he'll be in the lineup a lot. Yadier. So I think like teams are going to find spots where they have to like really pitch to him and stuff. And I think he could have a, he's already off. I think he could have like 35 home runs this year and drive in 115 or so 110 and bat. I think he can consist. I think he can bat like 300, yeah. 310. So I'll say, I'll go with be bold and say Goldschmidt. So what about, uh, oh no. I think the number two guy was, uh, Baez. Okay. Yeah. I th- yeah. You're right. It was. Yeah. So do we want to do a AL MVP now, or do you want to go straight to the NL Cy Young? Yeah, let's stick the NL. All right, NL Cy Young. This might be more of a personal pick because I don't think he's won one yet. Uh, Strasburg. Oh. I think it's it's time. I mean, his buddy there, Scherzer, won what two in a row. So I don't know. I think I think he's been such a good pitcher for so long, but I don't think he has a Cy Young yet. And I just don't see people like people don't want to vote for someone a second time in a row. I know because like Degrom. Yeah, and then I said like Scherzer's already won some. It's also not fun saying like we think the same person's gonna win. Yeah. Hmm. Let me see here. Who do I think? These. Uh, I mean, you know what? I'll I'll go bold with the one. But speaking of first time guys, I think Aaron Nola. Yeah. Because of the fact that now the Phillies are going to be a real contender, that if they do win the division like a lot of people think they are, and he'll get more run supports, I think he'll get have one of those seasons where maybe he does even win 20 games and he has an ERA like in the low twos, like 2.2 or something like that. And if he's got a 20 spot there and the Phillies do win that division, I think that'll give him the vote over the other guys. But I think for sure it's coming out of the NL East because without Kershaw being like really consistently healthy – I honestly thought you were going to say your boy Bueller. I thought you were going to be bold. I know after say. what happened yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, then against Strasburg, didn't he have a kind of a rough first start too? Yeah, I think so. But so he has more a record to. Yeah, it's a look long back season. On. All right, AL <clears throat> MVP. <laughs> Gotta think about it. Well, I think the the player I like the most in the AL, but I'm worried about the team. But I'll still go with it. Is Lindor? Oh, I was. Um, but like I said, like I Indians might win 83 games, and if that happens, he's not going to win. But if but if he does carry that lineup to another 91 season, I think he's the MVP. Okay. I mean, despite obviously their pitching is going to be what gets them there, but you know who I'm going to say be bold again, Aaron Judge. <laughs> Very bold. <laughs> but even though I know he strikes out a lot, I think he's. I have watched it. I think he did get better with his eye a little bit. Like it does seem like he was taking better pitches, and I just think. Yeah, he'll strike out a decent amount, but I, I mean, it, it, that lineup, like, like you know, he's hitting with, he's got Stanton behind him. Then like, if Luke Voigt continues to do good, it's like, and then the fact that Lemayhew bats ninth. So even if you do have Aaron Judge batting second, you're gonna get those bottom of the order guys like Torres and Lemayhew. They're gonna get on base, and you're just gonna have to pitch to him. You're gonna have Stanton behind him. I think he's gonna rock out like 40 home runs this year, and I think he's gonna drive in a decent amount. And I think yeah. he's. Getting better, like he might not bat anything crazy. Maybe he'll bat like two ninety five, but I don't know. I just think, I just think those other numbers, those home runs and RBIs numbers, are going to be too good. And I think a lot of people. He's a popular person. I think they'll get it. But I mean, obviously, if not him, then I mean, you always think about Mike Trout. But I don't think Betts will win it again. Yeah, I think what's it's it's going to be a maybe better... this is JD's team year too. It's going to be a better race 
in the AL. I think the AL just has better. Yeah, no. Because the they do have bets. You have bets, Martinez, Lindor, you have Judge, you have Lindor, yeah. you have Trout. You know, even Jose Ramirez could get in there. You have Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman, there you go. You know, the Mariners are off to a hot start. Maybe a Mariner sneaks in there. Tim Beckham, he's looking good early. So. Hey, Andy, that's what they said about... Uh, Maybe Whit Merrifield. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, see, he's actually on a bad team, though. <laughs> what what right. if they're surprised, everyone? Cy Young, Andy. Um, yeah, I just had my pick. Uh, a Berrios. Oh, I like that. I'm trying to think of something. someone outside of the Astros or Indians. Yeah, I was almost thinking that, too. I was... I'm going to... Honestly, unfortunately, I'm going to stick with that, Indians. I'm going to say... I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to say Trevor Bauer. Yeah. I thought he looked good that start, and I think... He's going to be good. I think he's going to start proving that, hey, I'm the ace here, not Kluber anymore, because I know there's been talks with Kluber getting traded even. So I think Trevor Bowers is going to start to say, like, this is my team now. And I think he's ready to take that next step and just dominate like he has been. And I think he can do it. I think Verlander's getting older. I think Garrett Cole, I don't, I just don't. He's the favorite, I think. For Garrett Cole. A lot of people like him this year because he's uh, heading into free agency. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, but but here's here's the other not thing. Not a fluke, but he's not going to. But here's the other thing I'm gonna say with Trevor Bauer with what we said earlier. That division's just bad. So when he gets to go against games, yeah, he gets to White go Sox against the, the Tigers. Summer. He gets to go against the White Sox. He gets to go against the Royals. He already looked good against the Twins. He's gonna have some big games against them. So I think that'll inflate his numbers a little bit and that'll help him out. Yeah. Dark horse pick, uh, Matt Shoemaker. Oh, if we're gonna do dark horse picks. <laughs> Uh, does that make you upset? As a, well, you don't care I about don't the Angels about anymore. The Angels enough to yeah. care what Matt Shoemaker did, especially against the fucking Tigers. <laughs> if Matt Shoemaker does that at home against the Red Sox or the Yankees or the, uh, frankly, or the Rays, then I'll be like, okay, wait a minute. Matt Shoemaker always was a good pitcher. It was just that he got injured. Yeah. But uh, all right, I think those are our. Is that it for our? Uh... I, I think it's got to be it for sports. That was that was. Yeah, that obviously there's more to talk about in sports, but that was a big, big episode. There's a lot right to there. get through. Yeah, I mean yeah. the baseball preview we've been wanting to do that yeah. for a long time. Also, we basketball probably... is straight trash right now. Just I haven't ignore honestly it for, until the playoffs. Ever since Whoa. college basketball tournament started, I have not. Yeah, there's no watched need. one basketball game or like, even cared. Like I got surprised the other night when I saw that the Thunder actually did drop to the eight seed. That was pretty funny. Go, go look at the starting lineups of the, like the Bulls and the Grizzlies right oh, now. Oh, the Grizzlies was bad last Ooh. night. I watched the end of that game. Players. They brought in this little white kid that honestly any of us could have done what he was doing. It was just run around and miss. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been solid. That was a, a good pod. We had a we had a, a lot to get through, and I enjoyed all of even the baseball stuff. I enjoyed a little bit of yeah, it. I'm I hope you ate like six hot dogs. I, I had a couple of corn nuts. Yeah. Uh, but this episode of the or this part portion of the podcast rather has been brought to you by Simple Doggy. It's a dog leash that is uh, quicker and easier, and it works with your dog's current carna- uh, collar or harness. I always combine Carnage. those words. <laughs> harness. Yeah. Uh, for a limited time, the Tony's Take listener, that's you, can get 25% off and free shipping when you use promo code Tony. That's T-O-N-Y. So head to simpledoggy.com and use promo code Tony for 25% off and free shipping. It's the dog leash you've been waiting for. But anyway, you've been listening to episode 108 of the Tony's Tag Podcast. This was sports. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share with a friend. Check out Entertainment Pods. I'm Sean. Joined with me, we had I'm No Longer Sick Off-Road Andy. I'm not, and hopefully I'll be back next week, too. <laughs> oh, and Tony the Pony Cats. Yes. All right, we'll see you later.